Hi, everyone. Communications Director Jay Sokol here, recording this podcast from Studio A, which is also known as my office, right here in College Station City Hall. You know, because City Hall's been added on to a few times over the course of, what, 45 years? and modified a whole bunch of times, it's kind of crazy how you can share the same floor five days a week and not run into certain people. Jennifer Prohaska is one of those for me. Jennifer is a principal planner for the city, and once in a while, I'll wander back through the catacombs of planning and development services to find her. When she's not in meetings, she's usually in her office, hidden behind uh, binders of plans that she has stacked all over her desk, and then off to the side, a brush pile of easels that she uses in various public meetings. But all that is totally fitting, consider all she does here. The problem is, I've never fully understood what she does, which is why I asked her to sit down in my junkie office and talk about it. I enjoyed getting to know Jennifer a little better. I think you will too. What do you do? You're a principal planner. What What do you do? How do you spend your days? Yes, I'm a principal planner primarily over community and neighborhood planning. There's actually two principal planners. Uh, my counterpart is Jason Schubert, and he's over the development review or current planning aspect of things. And I'm over community and neighborhood planning. So community and neighborhood planning is primarily the implementation of the comprehensive plan through uh, the creation of small area plans and the implementation of those, through the creation or amendment of ordinances, um, through uh, economic development projects, through uh, coordination with other entities, our, our water department, wastewater department, fire department, and working with them on uh, their master plans in coordination with our land use plan with the planning and development services. You sit in, what, gobs of meetings trying to work through these very things you just described? Absolutely. And those are really, you know, sometimes meetings are are the hardest thing. They're the tedious part. But really, uh, some of the greatest things that come out of the day are those meetings where you've got everybody there at the table. You've got all the all the departments in the city and we're all looking towards the same goal, how we're going to uh, accommodate the growth that's coming to the city of College Station, what we're looking at land use wise and how we can serve those with each of our, our utilities, all of our infrastructure, uh, every service provider. It's, a, it's good to come out of those meetings and feel like you have a common direction in the city. Is it hard though finding the right balance between um the citizens' desires and what we are able to do. Because in some cases, it's not that you're necessarily advocating, I don't think, for neighborhoods, but you're certainly trying to show them a way to get closer to the things they want. Is that right? Sure. That's one part of, of the job. It's, you know, it is really difficult um, we've got a number of customers in planning and development services. We certainly have the, the citizens of College Station and, and the neighborhoods. We have the business owners. We have uh, property investors and business investors. We've got developers. Um, we've just got a number of customers that we serve when we're serving the public. Mm-hmm. And uh, finding a balance between all of those groups and their interests is sometimes challenging, but it's, it's the, the part of the job that makes you feel like you, you did something good I- at the end of the day. So which, which plans are you kind of tinkering with most right now? Well, in the last year, we've focused on implementation. So overall implementation of the city's comprehensive plan through updates of all of our master plans. Uh, our department's working on an update to the thoroughfare plan currently. 
and we've got uh, five or six neighborhood or small area plans that were done in the last few years mm -hmm. that we're really trying to focus on implementation of those um, this year. We don't have a current small area plan or neighborhood plan underway like we have every year for the last <laughs> several years. Yes. Really, the focus has been on implementing those plans that we have, looking at uh, uh, amendments to the ordinances to do that, or even um, spending some money to get some of the projects done that the, that the neighborhoods were looking for. Yeah, it just takes money, right? That's right. Let's, let's roll the clock back a little bit. How many years have you been with the city? I have been here just over 15 years. 15 years. So starting when you were 16 years old. That's right. I was nine or so, maybe. So chart your path. Tell me how you came in and what your job responsibilities were and how you've worked through that since uh, since that time? Sure. When I started uh, back in 2000, I started as an intern with the City of College Station. Yeah. I was uh, finishing up undergrad and uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. My undergraduate degree is in uh, environmental design, mm -hmm. so architecture, planning, those types of things, and I really didn't know what planning was. So the first thing I did way back in the day was open the yellow pages literally to look for planning um you know the internet searches weren't as common and those types of things back then but yeah. i ended up talking to the city planner here at the city of college station at the time and uh, came in for an interview and got the the internship position and i did that for two years and during that time, I worked uh, with neighborhood planning, uh, development review, long-range planning. So I, I feel like at that time, I got a really good variety of uh, experience. Were you paid for your internship? I was. Wow. Yeah. All right. I worked in that capacity again for two years and continued on to get my master's degree in urban planning. I knew through the internship that's the, what I wanted to do, continued on at A&M. And uh, about a semester before I graduated with my master's, I uh, was hired as a staff planner, so a full-time planner. Were there some real key projects or signature projects from back in those early days that, that really stick in your mind? You know, when I first started doing my internship, I was um, in neighborhood services. And so the East Bypass neighborhood plan, I remember, because it was the first big project that I was uh, helped on, you know, graphics and editing and those types of things for the, the planner at the time. Um, and it's funny because I think about that that plan all the time. I now live in that area where the plan was done. Oh, wow. Yeah. Full it's, circle. It is. It is. And so thinking about the issues that, that were prominent at that time and probably the same issues that are prominent today with neighbors and the things that we hear about in that area, just different, you know, just uh, uh, morphed over the last 15 years or so. I want to talk about a, a typical day in your world. And I don't that's, – that's a trite question because I don't think any of us have typical days. But if there was such a thing, what are the sorts of issues that you are dealing with or the um, – I don't know, the customers, the clients uh, who come in and meet with you? I mean, what, what do you spend your typical day doing? Planners in general spend a lot of time working with the public, whether that's um – uh, neighborhoods or developers or investors um, asking questions about future development or um, neighborhood type projects. Mm -hmm. We spend a lot of our days uh, answering questions and talking people through the process and those types of things. Um, most of the planners do a majority of development review all day long and that's what I did for years as well and so that's site planning and um, 
reviewing subdivision plats and those types of things, working with developers and property owners and making sure that they get through the process uh, smoothly and to, to a result that uh, meets the city's ordinances and codes that have been established and, and uh, also ends up, of course, with a product that that, that property owner or developer is looking for. Um, I work um, probably on the bigger picture side of that a lot. Um, I get a lot of initial contacts for bigger developments that are looking um, in the city of College Station that perhaps may need uh, amendments to the city's comprehensive plan. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I do is work with the comprehensive plan. So sometimes that's direct development related. You know, how can we work with our development uh, with the city's projected land use and thoroughfares and those types of things in this area? Or how can we amend those to to get what, what we're looking for in this area? Um, but also looking and working with our other departments to look at uh, capacity uh, for development. So whether that's road capacity or wastewater capacity, um, those types of things. And so, um, like you said before, spend a lot of my time in meetings. But mm -hmm. again, those are good meetings. They're, they're ones where I feel like when we walk out of the, the door at the end of the day, we have, um, you know, we've furthered understanding and communication across departments and the, all those types of things to get accomplish what we need to accomplish and whether that's accommodating um, a specific development or growth in general in the city of college station we know it's coming we're very fast growing yeah. um, and so looking at accommodating that in a way that that uh, furthers everybody's quality of life okay so we talked about in some uh, fashion what a successful day looks like for you where do you find the struggles? What are the things that just um, kind of crop up as obstacles or bog you down? Uh, things that we may not realize that you are dealing with? Uh, I think a lot of the challenges that we face are competing interests. Like I mentioned, we've got all kinds of different customers uh, when, when you're working in public service. And those customers don't always have the same um, idea of what is positive or what is success um, for, for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I think that um, it's not always, but it's often that um, uh, development interests and neighborhood interests have um, different views of what, what may be positive and what may be negative. And so I think working and balancing those um, competing interests is one of the things that's very challenging. Of course, Anybody, I think, would say funding mm -hmm. uh, in the city would say funding is a uh, is a challenge. Um, working with our neighborhood planning, um, we did again five or six uh, small area neighborhood plans. They're all action oriented plans, um, which means that uh, probably about half of the action items in those plans are ordinance related or. Uh, policy or process related things that can be changed but the other half are are money they, they're new sidewalks or bike lanes or uh, park improvements or new signage or those types of things that that cost money and so there's always a constraint there and um, just have to work at balancing the the priorities of each of the neighborhoods and what comes out of those plans and and uh, trying to do what um, what we said we would do um, in the best way that we can. You said you hold, is it two degrees from Texas A&M? Yes. Is that right? And you've spent some time over across the street teaching or mentoring. Uh, what's your relationship with uh, with your old turf over there? Sure. I, I am on the uh, Planning Advisory Council 
um, there. And it's uh, used to be the uh, MUP, Master of Urban Planning mm-hmm. Advisory uh, Council. And it uh, morphed to include an undergraduate planning degree as well. So we're an advisory group for both the undergraduate planning folks and the graduate planning folks. And it's a group of um, practitioners, um, primarily those that graduated from A&M, but not all of us. Mm-hmm. And um, we look at um, curriculum. We help with reaccreditation of the programs. Um, and we do a lot of guest lecturing. And so that's one of, probably one of the most fun parts of that is going back and uh, teaching what you were taught at one time with a totally different perspective now. They generally will bring in uh, practitioners both from the private sector and planning and from the public sector and uh, so that those students get uh, both sides and kind of get a real-world view of what they'll be doing when they're, when they're done with their degrees. What's your favorite thing to talk about? What's your core message you like to share? Well, it, you know, I'm generally asked to talk about something specific, um, and so it's usually the, the development process or the comprehensive plan development process or annexation. Those are kind of the, the three big ones. Annexation is always interesting because everybody, even the the college students where they grew up or or whatever, everyone's had an experience uh, with it in some way. Either they've heard of something or, you know, so uh, it's generally going in there and talking through some of the the misconceptions that are out there about the process and why, why cities do that and why the state of Texas allows cities to do that and those types of things. Um, I think the the most fun thing for me to talk through is uh, the comprehensive planning process because it's something that the students can directly relate to. It's a process that they have learned in school to do. And actually, most of them will have done some sort of a capstone process mm-hmm. um, or they have a program called the uh, Target Cities or Target Texas program where they do comprehensive plans for smaller communities. And so it's something that they can relate to. How many of them actually look at local government as a as a top option for them well you know it's funny um i think it it used to be that that's what uh, everybody wanted to do when they come out of that program um and it it morphed a little so that in the uh, uh, last couple of years at least when i go into a class and i ask how many of you are planning and going into municipal planning local government planning very few people will raise their hands no kidding and so my next question is always okay what is it you plan on doing because really most of the planning jobs um, are at the local government level and so there's certainly private consulting firms Mm -hmm. of course those that come in and and help municipalities do the the work that either they don't have the time to do or the expertise to do or um, sometimes you're just looking for that kind of third party uh, opinion you know to to come in and so in the end I think a lot of them by the end of their degree learn what they what they think they really want to do and and a lot of them um, they are going for jobs that are in municipal planning Somewhat similarly, uh, you talked about your relationship with your degree and, and, and school over there. I am on an alumni advisory board for the Department of Communication, and, and we do a lot of the same things that, that you're talking about. And in my world, back when I was in school, and it's really still true today, very uh, skewed towards female. Lots more girls than guys, which was pretty terrific as a student. But that's, that's just the nature of, of my particular business. What about the classrooms? What does the landscape look like 
for urban planning? You know, I, I had this conversation very recently with uh, one of the architecture professors uh, over at AM, and she was telling me um, that looking at their numbers just in the last couple of years, has it gotten to a point within architecture and planning um, where they got to kind of a 50-50? It was much more male-dominated. Mm-hmm. And um, even the last couple of years, um, looking at um, just slightly more females in the program than males. No kidding. And I think every year is probably a little bit different. You know, it's been a, I would say, a male-dominated profession, although I don't know that that's our, our experience here. Um, we've always had a fairly good mix, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, I've never felt that as a, as a truth. Or. Well, you, you know, you hear very specific movements about we need more. We, we need more women in engineering uh, or, or in science or those sorts of things. I didn't know if there was a battle cry in the world of planning, you know. No, in some ways, I think that uh, many people come to planning through uh, creative fields like architecture. Some come through uh, engineering fields, which, yes, are definitely much more male-dominated. And others come through uh, political science degree or public administration or something like that as their undergraduate. So I think you're pulling from so many different uh, types of studies or, or whatever you want to call it as an, as an undergraduate that you're probably getting a pretty good mix. Okay. Anything that you notice with the most recent graduates coming through, uh, some lack of a particular skill set or something that needs to be strengthened just a little bit? That is something that we talk a lot about uh, on the advisory committee, what what we're looking for there. And um, I think it kind of depends on uh, who you're talking to. So there are some um, that say they they don't have enough of the the technical skill, whether that's through uh, GIS mm-hmm. or other mapping uh, softwares or um, uh, impact analysis, those types of things. I think those are the types of things that can be taught on the job. And so really it's uh, kind of the the theory background, the history and the law background in planning uh, that I think is most useful. And I really think that the new graduates coming out of the program are fairly well prepared. We've hired several in the last couple of years, and they've come excellently prepared to to work in municipal planning. Oh, that's terrific. A couple of final questions for you. What might be uh, some myths or uh, misnomers that uh, people assume are associated with your world that really aren't? Uh, what are some things you find yourself correcting with folks? Well, I will say the first time uh, that I uh, told my dad what I was studying, it was something like planting. <laughs> yes, I'm going to be a planter. A planter, yes. And actually, you get that all the time when you say you're a planner. I always add in the word city in front of that. So I'm a, I'm a city planner. And um, so I think, you know, there's some general uh, confusion about what that position even does or that the profession even exists. I think you know that that happens in a a realm somewhere. It just magically happens. Yeah, you don't know who does it or or how it happens. Um, But I think probably the most common would be... um, When there are odd things out on a commercial site or um, a building is painted a certain color or something like that, uh, that I think we get often the question is, why did the city do that? 
Yeah. Or why did why doesn't the city put more restaurants in South College Station? Or why doesn't it? And, and it's really private development. And so the city, no doubt, has a role in that, in, whether it's colors or site design or land uses and where where they go. Um, but all the opportunities are there. And so whether if odd things are happening um, or whether a business chooses to locate in a certain place or not, a lot of times that's just their own market decision for for their business and and, you know perhaps they're just not there yet you know it's your fault that we don't have a joe's crab shack yeah i've heard that that one i have heard um you know that's funny um the city has for a long time had uh color standards they've over the years changed Mm -hmm. of course and at some point they were very restrictive and then less so and and now um we you can use almost any any color you want. There there are some few exceptions there, um, but they're one of those urban legends. Is that yeah. Joe's Crab Shack didn't come to College Station because we wouldn't let them have their colors? That is just not true. <laughs> well, and you also required the Whataburgers to have a maroon stripe. Sure, I've heard that too. And um, yeah, we definitely did not require that. I, um, I have to assume that was a marketing decision. <laughs> I think it was a marketing decision. Okay, final question. What do your kids think you do? You know, it's funny. Um, I have the opportunity of being on TV a lot with Planning and Zoning Commission and City Council. And my kids are relatively young. And um, walked into school one day, and one of the kids said, I saw you on TV. Oh. And my son said, what? No, you didn't. She's never been on TV. Oh, they don't even know? No. Well, at that time, they didn't. Now, now they do, because I took that opportunity to say, hmm, you have no idea what I do. Now, uh, occasionally, when I'm at meetings, my husband will have the TV on so that the kids can see Mommy presenting uh, planning cases to Planning and Zoning Commissioner City Council. Does that make you a little cooler? Sure, of course. There's a cool factor with TV, you know. (laughs) Okay, did we do all right? Sure, I think we did okay. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, thank you. How great was it that her dad thought she was studying planting to be a planter? Love that. Thanks to principal planner Jennifer Prohaska for being my guest. And don't forget, you can follow what's going on in College Station through a variety of communication channels. My favorites are Twitter and our blog, which is at blog.cstx.gov. But you can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn and Google+. And, of course, right here on this podcast. I'm Jay Sokol. Thanks for listening.